You're listening to the Mountain Practice Journeys podcast, a comfy, cozy place for private practice introverts, highly sensitive therapists, and solopreneurs who help and heal. This is the place for practical, nature-based, magical support for your business and life. Hello there, and welcome back to the Mountain Practice Journeys podcast. I'm your host, Cindy. Here in episode 48, I want to chat with Raymond Barrett of the Telehealth Certification Institute on how to create conditions for self-care as a telehealth therapist. Here we go. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Mountain Practice Journeys podcast. Today, I'm back with Raymond Barrett of the Telehealth Certification Institute. And today, we're going to be talking about how clinicians can create conditions for self-care when providing telemental health services. So welcome back, Raymond. Thank you. Glad to be back. Yeah, I'm so glad to have you here. Why don't you, um, I know you've been on the podcast before, but why don't you remind people about you and the work that you do? Sure. Uh, So yeah, again, I'm Ray Barrett. I'm the CEO of the Telehealth Certification Institute. I'm a mental health counselor. And when I first opened my private practice about, I don't know, 18 years ago, my very first client wanted sessions over the phone. Um, So I've been providing telehealth ever since then. Uh, Some organizations hired me to do telehealth for them. And then I started providing training in telehealth and realized that there was a real need for practical training in telehealth. So I started the Training Institute about eight years ago. So we train specifically on providing telemental health, and we also provide consultation. Um, so we have courses, all sorts of courses on telehealth uh, for behavioral health clinicians. And our most popular course is our certificate program that we've had since the beginning. It's the Telemental Health Training Certificate Program. So it covers all the essential aspects of telemental health. And our website is telementalhealthtraining.com. So telementalhealthtraining.com. Awesome. Yeah, I think that is something that will really help people feel confident in providing a telemental health services. And I know that that is uh, maybe moving into our first point about some of the concerns that, that clinicians may have or things that may be draining them when they're not sure of their practices or not feeling confident. So why don't we dig into the, the first point that you wanted to touch on? Sure. Yeah. So um, four, four points that we'll touch upon is uh, one is, well, first, let me start with this. Uh, when working with people, um, especially when I was doing executive coaching, I would take a look at what what's a drainer, what's a feeder, and what's a neutral aspect of their activities throughout their day um, or aspects of those activities. So what what drains you, what feeds you, and what's neutral? I think that's really important to look at, and it's different for every person. So in preparing for this, you know, four things that I think could potentially be a drainer uh, for you as a clinician would be not being sure of your practices or like how you run your practice, the workflow, right? Um, Or not being confident in the services that you're providing. So that's one. Another one is struggling with the administrative tasks, right? A lot of -hmm. of clinicians do not really enjoy that aspect of it. (laughs) Um, Or struggling with the environment that you're working in. And it just, you know, some environments are like really 
real feeders, right? They're really nurturing and so forth and fun and relaxing. Others are stressful and so forth. And uh, the other one is the technology itself could be quite a drainer for people. So those are the four things we'll take a look at uh, in relation to providing telemental health services, providing, first of all, telemental health. (laughs) It's just simply providing mental health services when you and your client are not sitting in the same room as each other, right? That's all it is. Um, so for one, not being sure of one's practices, uh, I do find that to be confusing for some clinicians, like their consent forms, emergency management planning, um, care coordination, record keeping, billing, all this kind of like that kind of stuff, just how they, how they set up their practice and then being confident in the services that they're providing, uh, whether or not they're, you know, making a difference. Um, so in terms of that, I can tell you that like we've, we've trained over 35,000 clinicians and so many clinicians have told me how helpful it was that they took training in telemental health because they felt so much more confident. I mean, they, they were able to just, they took the training then they feel like they can launch and they can get started in telemental health and they felt really good about it. And then when they went, when they were working with agencies, they also felt very confident because they knew how to do it right. So having training in telemental health really can make someone feel like they know how to, they know what the appropriate workflows are all the way from screening for fit to documentation of the session, right? And the follow-up care. So they know how to do that right. They know how to set it up right. And they're very confident in it. They feel like they're not missing something. Uh, so that's that's very important. It also goes along with their clinical skills. Like we spend a lot of time in our graduate programs and supervision on how to communicate and work effectively when we're sitting across from someone. We haven't, most of us haven't been trained on how to do that virtually, right? Through video or phone or apps. Um, so having training in that will just really help people feel confident. And that, that's the feedback we get from people. Yeah, I think the confidence is just plays a huge role because thinking about uh knowing how to do something and getting it all in one place can be helpful because the internet, you can find any information on the internet and, but you don't always know, like, can I trust this? Is something, is this something that I need? Um, so going to a source like the tele mental health or telehealth certification Institute, um, because y'all know what you're doing and you've got like this one-stop shop where, okay, I want to be a telehealth therapist. And these are the forms that I need this. These are the considerations I need to, um, to be aware of. It does really increase that confidence. Cause I think uh, a lot of times when you try to do things on your own and piece things together, there's always this, or at least for me in the back of my head is like, am I forgetting something? Did I miss something? Um, So I think having that uh, training really does increase that confidence. Yeah, and a, and a lot of organizations have really appreciated get, getting consultation from us because we do, I with the consultation, I just simply pretend that I'm a client. So I go through the process of like, what's the marketing? How do I get registered? What's the intake process like? What's the what's the process like of actually attending a session and the documentation, the follow up. So then with that consultation, uh, then I can give them feedback on things that they should consider you know, tweaking. So after setting things up, organizations getting even just one consultation to go through that workflow has made a really big difference for organizations. 
Yeah, I can see how that could be so helpful because there can be things that are maybe going wrong with your technology or just in the process mm-hmm. that you're not aware of um, because you can't see it from your end because it's from the user's end. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing is struggling with the administrative tasks. Uh, so, you know, we have the, 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 the marketing, the intake process, the billing and reimbursement, all these kind of things. Um, so that could be quite a challenge to, to do that while also providing services uh, to clients. And where that comes in, of course, is where you have solo practitioners, where you have really small, small practices. Um, so, you know, I've heard so many times where people say, as soon as I hired an assistant, an admin assistant, like it was the best decision I ever made. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I could say that's true for myself. I am <laughs> every day. I am feeling so grateful for my admin assistant. Um, so, you know, you don't have to, if you're a small practice, you don't have to have a full-time assistant or whatever. Uh, sometimes practices will partner up. They'll, they'll, they'll share an assistant. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of thing could be uh, really helpful and technology significantly reduces the workload uh, on the administrative tasks. Mm-hmm. I'm a uh, big, yeah, pro- uh, no, I was just uh, wanting to comment just on the admin piece because a lot of therapists are interested in providing therapy and that's such a mm-hmm. different, a different mindset, a different skill set than doing all of these admin tasks. So some mm-hmm. therapists really enjoy the variety of it. And some are like, I just want to see my clients and I would love if someone else took care of everything else. Yeah. Yeah. So like the technology piece of that, if you look at marketing, uh, so your website's your billboard um, and there's, there's ways to develop a website that is very labor intensive, requires a lot of maintenance and upkeep. There's other ways to create a website that is super easy, very secure, and doesn't require any maintenance. Um, so that that's one piece. And then practice management programs. I've always been a huge fan of practice management programs where everything's in one place. Uh, I, when I do consulting for organizations, um, one thing that's really frustrating to them, their staff is stressed out because records are kept in one spot. Um, you know, billings kept in one spot, uh, their, their notes or, you know, things are just very segregated and not all integrated. And they have, so there's multiple little tasks that they have to do from, you know, registering to doing records, to doing billing, to, to communicating with clients, all this is segregated. So having a practice management program where it's all integrated, it's all synced, it's all a lot of automation in it is very, very helpful it reduces the workload tremendously. So choosing that technology is really helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, just having a practice management software has been so great because everything is all there together. And I just have to log into one thing and I have all the information. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, the environment. So, you know, co- most clinicians prior to COVID 19, they spend time setting up their office environment for where they meet with their clients, right? The same room. Um, and some people find that a struggle. I know I have, when I would rent space from other clinicians, I'd be frustrated because you can hear the door would be like paper thin, or it's mm-hmm. not like, you know, the ven- ventilation system, you could hear everything. So it just wasn't secure um, in, in terms of privacy and stuff sometimes. 
uh, or the parking's not great or whatever. So you try to create an environment that's really relaxing, comfortable, trusting, um, private, and all this kind of stuff for a client. Well, when you go to the virtual space, a lot of people are now working from home. So some people have not set up their home office or they're not able to set up their home office in a way that really meets the standards that we look for, which is private, secure, not going to have any eruptions, can't be overheard. Um, it's comfortable, you know, it's pretty, it, all these kind of things. Um, so if you're going to do telehealth uh, and you're trying to do it from home where you have kids at home, you have dogs barking, you have neighbors mowing their yard, all this kind of stuff. Um, yeah, that, that could be quite stressful. Uh, so learning how to set up the environment appropriately, if you have space in your home, taking the time to do it uh, is going to help significantly. Um, and, you know, we'll talk about the, the technology in a bit, uh, but that's a big piece. So for some clinicians, not working from home is actually probably the best uh, situation if they don't have that home environment. So going to the office, even though you're doing telehealth, you still go to your office because it's set up appropriately for clinical sessions. Uh, so that, that can help a lot. Yeah. I think people are going to have their different preferences. Like some people, even if they're doing fully telehealth, going to an office is really great, especially if they have kids and pets and lots of distractions or a noisy environment, um, or they can't set up their home in a way that's conducive to it. And then some other people may, um, you know, have a pretty quiet home and it's really relaxing and they prefer doing their telehealth from home. Um, so it really does vary on what people's preferences are going to be. And I think a lot of the, um, like you said, sometimes when you're in an office, it's not secured just based on how the building is set up. And then at home, it can possibly not be secure depending on the other people that are living with you or the space that you have. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Um, and then the technology piece, uh, a lot of clinicians get frustrated with technology. Uh, they're not sure how to use it or, uh, or use it in all of its functionality or how to problem solve, how to, how to provide tech support. Um, so technology, you know, having good technology and knowing how to use it, set it up, configure it appropriately is wonderful. Um, having bad technology, like not a very good camera, you know, a, a computer that doesn't have very good processing speed, uh, the setup of it is, just, you know, all these kind of things. So with telehealth, there's a lot, there's the technology you use is, you know, you have the computer, you have a microphone, speaker, camera, you have lighting, you have your chair, um, you have the monitor and getting all of that set up appropriately. Uh, you have the router, the modem, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of things. So um, you want it to be dependable, uh, fast, uh, efficient, uh, high quality, um, all these kinds. So taking the time, spending a little money, uh, you know, we spend a lot of money on a couch, right? Yeah. <laughs> so we can spend some money on the tech. Uh, yeah. So um, and then uh, also, so that's the hardware that you use, but then you have the software, like the video conferencing platform that you choose. So using ones, identifying ones um, that are going to work really well will take out a lot of stress. Uh, you won't be banging your head against the wall because you, you lost connection or the video quality is bad or audio quality is bad, all these kind of things. 
Um, yeah, those little things make a huge difference uh, when you're on video all day. Right? Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah. Um, so those are, uh, you know, so those are four, you know, key things that I think could be draining people. So take some time, think for yourself in your day-to-day work with clients, with telehealth, are any of those four things draining for you and take a little bit of time to resolve them. And I think it will make a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. I think being able to identify what areas uh, those drains are coming from. And I think you've given some practical um, steps that they can take, you know, to, to remedy some of those so that your environment is, is really comfortable because it's, you know, it's difficult enough um, being a therapist and also uh, being on a computer all day. And just those can be draining um, just that part of doing your job. And there's so many things that can add to that. Like you mentioned with the admin task and the environment technology and the practices that you have. So, um, I'm hoping that therapists will be able to identify those drains and be able to, to address them. Yeah. Like one, one, one practical thing to do with say on video is um, rather than sitting really up close to your monitor like you normally do when you're working on the computer, mm-hmm. uh, doing video sessions is different. Um, it's not like you're working on the computer, right? You're having a conversation with someone. Mm-hmm. So getting the right gaze angle uh, correct with the, with the camera, uh, having the microphone set up um, that is conducive for sessions. I can't, I can't go through all of the, mm-hmm. all of the details. It takes a long time. But like one small tip is, is sitting further away from the monitor, right? Um, which is much more realistic. Um, when you're sitting at your computer, working on your computer, you're like two feet away from the monitor. Yeah. When you're working with a client in your office, your faces are not two feet apart. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you don't want to smell each other's breath, right? Yeah. And in, when you do that, their face is like taking up your whole peripheral vision almost, right? So if you sit like four feet back from your monitor... Um, then it's like a more of a realistic experience where their face is like the same size and distance from you as if they were sitting in your office, you have more of a view of your whole office. It's, you're not like, uh, totally encapsulated mm-hmm. in that screen, you know? Yeah. So that's just one thing, but there's some tech tips you have to do to do that appropriately. You have to have a cam- a decent camera that zooms in and a microphone that is placed, you know? further away near you and your mouse. So there's a way to set it up, but it's much more relaxing, comfortable chair, et cetera. So that your environment is just much more relaxing. You kind of settle into the experience rather than feeling like you're like locked into this working on this computer kind of experience. Yeah. I really love that you mentioned that because it's reminding me, I mean, it seems like a no brainer, but it's like, oh yeah, we don't sit a foot or two feet away from our clients. And here we are staring at this all day and no wonder people are getting fatigued um, from doing telehealth, but thinking about, I know a few clinicians that have gotten really creative with it. So they have uh, been able to put, you know, a camera that is showing them. So the clients will see them like they do in the office, like they're sitting in their chair. So it's Mm -hmm. like a more of a full view. So it seems more realistic, uh, like being in the office and the clinician has gotten, I think where they fed, 
something into like a TV monitor or just a larger monitor that they sit maybe mm-hmm. uh, four or five feet away from them. So they can just see the client on a bigger monitor and it does give some of that space. So yeah. it's, it's more realistic, like they are sitting in your office. So you can get uh, really, really technical, really creative with it to recreate almost like a more in-person environment. Right. Yep. Certainly. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. Anything else that you can think about that you wanted to leave everyone with with these four tips? Because we will be back next week with uh, with some more drainers and mm-hmm. some more ways to address yeah. that. But sure. yeah, any last thoughts for today? Well, the reality of it is when you try to set up your office and set up your tech, if you don't if you if you don't know how to do that, like you haven't been trained on a, on how to do that, you will spend a lot of time making mistakes. And I say that from my own experience, it has taken me many years to get to figure this out and do it the way I, I, that works well for me. Um, I would have saved myself a lot of time and mistakes if I had quality training that showed me how to set this stuff up, set it up appropriately. Um, so yeah, that, that, that will save you a lot of headache, just learning how to do it correctly from the start and setting mm-hmm. it up correctly from the start. Cause throughout the years that I've been doing this so many times I told myself, Oh my gosh, if I only knew that like two years ago, like that one change just made a big difference for me. Yeah. Yeah. But the same thing for this podcast, because I'm so thankful that I had a little, little training that showed me how to set everything up and record it and edit it and what microphones to use. And it saved me so much time than figuring it out on my own. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) We both are in this kind of business and we know what we know what that experience is like. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Why don't you tell everyone how they can get in touch with you or, um, or your websites and all that? Yeah. Yeah. So again, our website is telemental health training.com. So telementalhealthtraining.com. And we are available Eastern time, eight to eight, 8 AM to 8 PM. And you can make the transition for uh, your time zone um, by email, chat, phone, text. Uh, so if you call, we'll answer, right? So if you're not sure like what course would be a fit for you, or you're interested in consultation, um, just reach out to us and we'll walk you through it. Uh, or if you're part of a university program um, or, or an organization, uh, we provide a lot of training to organizations and university systems. Uh, so yeah, you just reach out to us and we'll, we'll, we'll help you navigate what it is that would be a, a best, best fit for you. Yeah, that's awesome. And just what I know about your programs, the one, the consultation that where you go through the process as the client really sticks out to me because I, I, mm. that just seems like it's going to be so beneficial just for the client user experience because technology can be, you know, a little finicky sometimes and being able to feel confident and when a client reaches out to you that they're going to have a smooth experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here today. And I look forward to our conversation next week. Excellent. Thank you so much for joining me today. For episode 49, I continue my conversation with Raymond on creating conditions for self-care as a telehealth therapist. If you haven't yet listened to episode 46, I urge you to do that. In that episode, I talk about why losing followers and subscribers is good for your business. (music) 
I'm truly grateful that you choose to join me here for practical, nature-based, magical support for your business and life. For more inspiration and to see what I'm up to, join me over on Instagram at Mountain Practice Journeys. If you're enjoying yourself here, please head over to Apple Podcasts and hit those five stars and I'll be over the moon. And if you'd like to work with me, join me in Forest Mind, my cozy small group mastermind for private practice introverts, highly sensitive therapists, and solopreneurs who help and heal. May the forest be with you.